Hello beautiful people this is Rajiv your host of the podcast Photo Country welcome back to another episode this week we are talking to Devanand Paul our old friend of mine from the American college Madurai i met him when we were both students there um he then went on to have a really successful corporate career um spanning India and Bangladesh he recently left his corporate job at designed to pursue his uh, passion which is wildlife photography he's especially passionate about birds he's uh, traveled to different parts of the globe all the way from you know, the mountains the himalayas the savannas of africa and he's on a journey to visit many such beautiful parts of this world document the flora and fauna of this beautiful planet of ours it's uh, it gives me great pleasure to meet him on this podcast and to explore his journey and share his story with you all so without further ado let's get into the conversation thanks dev for accepting my invitation great to have you back um on this podcast i know we had a chat with you uh, you know with you on on a previous podcast that i had uh and yeah the, the beginning yeah. when i was just starting my podcasting career at that point i was just starting podcasting i was just still exploring the medium but now i'm uh, 40 plus episodes so uh talk to photographers from every corner of this globe basically right from new zealand to south america i've talked to photographers uh, so uh, film photographers solo can photographers no documentary photographers photojournalists and your journey is also has been fascinating i've been following your uh, um journey ever since we connected again on facebook and uh, yeah. you were you know quite successful uh, corporate career you know heading an organization basically and you were quite successful uh, and you left it at the top it is quite fascinating yeah. uh, i wanted to I, i want to explore that uh, you know the decision because it's not an easy decision to take because it's your livelihood is at stake as well yeah right so if if someone has to um is interested in in birding and in bird photography and wildlife photography in general where, where does where does one start because you know as a photographer i know um when you get into wildlife photography you you need those long lenses to in order to capture those uh, you know the the animals in their habitat right you can't get to them close up especially birds right so yeah. and especially those yeah. lenses like you no know, 600 mm etc is extremely expensive Sorry. right they 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 cost you an arm and a leg and couple of your kidneys as well right so having said that how does one uh start off one you that start off by just identify the birds in your neighborhood that's it you just look out what are the birds are there that's the first level of interest then probably you can have a binocular or you can see by eyes you can see what is a bird and then what you can do is you can buy a basic lens also even that some other birds you can take photography just do it neighborhood you don't have to go to the forest first do it in that one and then you have to set up books birding books that saying what type of bird everything understand that one so that will give you a better understanding and then once you know that you love it then you can start investing for uh, the lens as well as for the travel 
because there are two things are there. One is your investment for your uh, lenses and second is your travel because travel also costs a certain amount of money because you have to hire the right guide, go to the right places and everything. So, and these are places a bit far away and where general tourists don't come there. True. So you'll have to invest for that also. So based on that, you can start planning. So I just, when I started, I started with a normal observation in MCC about, I was using a small camera and capturing it. And then I bought a hundred, uh, 400 uh, zoom lens. And then now I have a 500, 500 plus other lenses I have, a different, different types of lenses. Okay. So it's not that uh, only long lens are enough because if you go to uh, Kenya, in Africa, the mammals, they have to be very close by. So you need a wide angle to shoot them. So it's not a, a one. So depends on that one. Uh, I used to use the lens. So in, if I go to Kenya, I used to have a 500 of them. I have a 200 of them. And then I have a wide angle. So three lenses, I have it. So that I keep on shooting that one. Because sometimes the infant is very close by. You have to use a wide angle. Then if it is a bit slightly far away, then you can use a, a 70 200. And if it is the birds are there, maybe 500 plus you use the zoom lenses. So that's the way uh, I, I do my photographs. Right. So, uh, if if I ask you what's in your camera bag, what will it be? Like your ideal traveling uh, package? So it depends on area to area. So if I go to Africa, so I will always have a, a full-frame sensor camera. Three cameras will be there. And definitely three lenses will be there. Because wide angle, then mid-range, and the uh, uh, zoom one. So telephoto uh, lens you have. So that three I'll have. But if I go to India, like if I go to uh, a, a smaller part, I, I can I just carry only one lens, which is fine. I don't, I don't carry anything else, I do. But sometimes if I go to missions where the birds are in the highest canopy, so then I may have two zoom lenses. One I have a 500 mm and one I can have an 800 mm also, so that I can focus the canopy birds. So these two things like, the, like that I carry. Because Canon right now, they are they have brought some Good uh, uh, 800mm lenses, cheaper lenses also, which I use it. Like uh, right now, there is a Canon F11 800mm lens, which is quite good for high canopy birds, which I can shoot that one. So so that's the way I have two lenses. Depending on the terrain and type of birds, what I want to do or mammals I want to do, I use the lenses like that. So there is nothing like fixed set that uh, everything carry on like this one. But one lens you can always carry with you is the 100 500 lens because you can use it for your normal photography as well as for as a zoom lens also. So that is something is a must for every travel. But otherwise, you can have certain specific uh, lenses for your requirements based on the uh, types of uh, subjects you are shooting as well as the terrain where you are. Both like that. So if you go to Kenya or uh, Tanzania, the landscape is so beautiful. So you may use a wide angle to capture the entire essence of right, the right. world. Okay. Or you go to Kashmir, you can capture the beautiful uh, uh, thing with the snow, with the pine trees, everything, you can do that one. So it depends on uh, how you want to structure it, you can do a the picture. Because if I want to take a habitat, I need a smaller lens. But if I want to have only focus on a uh, species, then I may require a telephoto lens. It's based on that. Okay. So at least three lenses I have. So it will be wide angle, then mid-range, and then a, a telephoto. at find it. Right, right. And... Um... I suppose you are a Canon shooter. Um, does um, yeah, uh, because the once you get into wildlife, your equipment becomes really heavy, like especially your lenses, etc. Uh, now you have uh, mirrorless yeah. coming in as well. Do you think um, mirrorless yeah. uh, coming in makes a difference? Or yes, right now yeah, the cameras are very very light compared to what I used to carry. Even the lenses have come because cameras come with RF lenses. 
where the lenses are very light. So very, very easy to carry. Earlier, carrying all that one, that gear is a, a very, very difficult job. Okay, compared to that, right now it is lighter. But still, uh, you, 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 your bag will have at least 12 kgs of uh, weight. You have to carry it. That's That you can't help it. Earlier, it used to be 15, 16 kgs. Now, at least with three cameras, lenses, it will be at least 12 kgs. How, how do you, how do you, how so do you get through security? Yeah, so it's a very tough job because uh, they open right. up everything. So I have to, when I go for security, I know that. Uh, so I go right. a bit early. I take three, four trays, put all my cameras, everything. And uh, that's it. But it takes a time. So I know that one. So I know how to pass through that one. So I keep everything in the tray and I go through that. Yeah, that's interesting because uh, once you're, you're a, once you become a traveling pro, um, packing yeah, your yeah. bag becomes it becomes almost like an art art form, right? Yes, yes. Because we know that what to do, and then I prepare for it. I pack it at least a week before, so that I don't miss right, out anything. Yeah. Because uh, you can't do it at the last minute. Because everything depends on what you do. So you're very serious in what you do, right? From your dresses to everything, at least a week before you pack everything, so that you're full and full prepared. So last minute, you don't, you don't miss out anything. Because sometimes people start the battery. Some people uh, forget the charging card, hmm. everything. So I have a clear uh, type of a checklist where I go through everything. Right from carrying the camera, what are the, uh, your dresses you have to carry, all the things. So based on that, I do it. Because when you go to the forest, sometimes you need a leech socks. If you go without leech socks, you are gone. You will have a leech bite and very difficult to take pictures there. So everything is very, very important when you go to forest. So you should have a clear checklist and based on that, you should take your equipment. True. Yeah. So that kind of segues into the next question because the last time we, we chatted, you're talking about your approach when you're, when you're basically, you're tracking a bird, you know, you're hunting a bird or, uh, or, or, or animal through your camera. That is a certain way you have to, um, do it. That's one way is, you know, the, you, you, kind of build a shelter and wait for the animal to sort of come to you. Uh, but birds are a different thing because they keep moving. So you have to, you know, follow them. But you can't move fast. Otherwise, they'll, they'll you know, they'll get, um, yeah, they yeah. kind of fly off. So how do you make sure you sort of track them and capture them where they are, like where you want to? I, I, there is a certain procedure yeah, and no, etiquette, no, right? Yeah. You know, can you walk yeah. me through that? Yeah, so uh, I'll just give an example. Uh, and I, uh, uh, two months before I went to a place called Dehil Pakai Nasan. So I wanted to shoot a bird called Grey Feacock Pheasant. Okay. So now this bird, very, very difficult to shoot. Because it is, it is though it's a pheasant, it's the size of, it's even uh, 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 the size is bigger than a, a house uh, uh, a cock. Like hen. So it is much bigger than that one. But still, that species don't come out. So it's very, very difficult to see the species. So, but we can hear the call of that one. So now we study the bird. Okay. So where it is, first of all, the location. So we know it is in this particular forest at this location. So we take the help of the guide. Okay. Because the local person who knows the terrain, we take this help. And then he guides us and tells us that this fish is in this particular location. So then we zoom the location. Then we know we study about the bird habit. So this bird is very active in six to eight o'clock. Okay, so then we we, we know that the, we have to be at five o'clock. We have to go there. Okay, 
we wait there, go to the forest, we wait there. And we know this bird will not show it out. But what we know is the bird makes calls. So through the calls, we'll be able to track the bird where it is there. So we sit there, observe it with the lenses, we, we keep, it, uh, keep our ears open. And when the bird starts making the call, then we start slowly approaching and wait for that location. And then at that time, at the distant location, the bird will come here as a move, and then we can take a picture of that one. So this is something we, uh, we, we have to understand about the habitat of the bird and as well as the behavior of the bird. If you have these things right, then you'll be able to shoot. But you can't just run and do it. Okay. And uh, uh, then in Vishnu Hills, I, I had to take a, a monol called Skeletus monol. It's a beautiful, like in a three cents for three cents something. It's a very beautiful bird. And this bird is very, very, very shy. So it never comes out uh, in the open. So, but we learned that this bird crosses a particular road area <coughs> and goes up the hill. So we were sitting in the road area at from 5 o'clock in the morning because we thought the bird will come between 6 to 6.15. And that's the right time it comes. So three days we waited and only it came on the third day. And then we, had, we were about to shoot by the time suddenly a truck came. Oh. So we had to stop the truck. I had to request him, please stop it for five minutes. Let's shoot it. Because otherwise the bird goes up, you can't shoot it. Then we shot the bird. In the bird, the crossing was only for five, six minutes, but we took a multiple shots of the bird. So like that, you'll have to plan the species and take it. So it's not that uh, everybody can be able to. And there are certain birds, you have to go to a height and sit and wait for them throughout the day and then they may appear and then we can shoot that one. So like that, uh, every bird is done in a different, different uh, way. You have to see the bird. So it requires a lot and lot of patience studying about the habitat, studying about the behavior of the bird and how sh how we should, uh, you know, pay, anticipate and have a lot of patience for it. So then you'll be able to get the bird. Just going and shooting will never happen at all. It's very difficult to do. True, true, true. So growing up as, uh, you know, in uh, as a uh, bird and wildlife photographer, were, were there any like influences that you had uh, in your, uh, that, you know, other photographers that you looked up to? Were, who were your inspirations? Yeah, because everybody, everybody, because, uh, so we, we grow, to, uh, see, see, in the age of Facebook, so we can see multiple people posting everything and certain people can ask them how they shot it. Okay, how this, how they were able to get this picture. Because somebody had taken, because last day, and I have one on my close friend, Vijay. So here we both are very close and we've been doing birding for the last uh, close to 15 years together. Birding and wildness. So we have gone to across India, uh, uh, Kenya, every place we have gone. So Vijay is very good in that one. So he advises me how to do it and he's, he's very good in this. The way of camera settings at all. So that's something you learn from that person. And then you can learn from different people uh, in social media also. Because you can ask them, oh, you're taking an excellent picture. But how do you do that one? What was the setting? What was the actual you do? So then they, people share it. So it all, uh, it's like that one. And then you keep on learning. It's every day it's a learning for us. Okay, it's not that everybody's perfect. So we, things keep on changing. And every day we keep uh, updating. And uh, so camera settings keep on changing. With mirrorless coming in, there are so many options out there. So we have to study that one. We can look into YouTube. So look at how people are amazing about the camera sitting, everything. We study that and then we do it. So to be a very good successful wildlife photographer, first you need to know about the species, the particular species, what is the behavior, habitat, everything. That is about that. And second is you should know about the camera settings, how to set your camera. It is not that small, small things because every minute plays a major part. Okay. So, so how much of, because uh, you are in the uh, thick jungle. There, there won't be light. So you have to know what is ISO I should keep, 
what is the aperture I should keep it, what is the shutter speed I should keep it, how is the bird moves, everything you should anticipate and then do the settings accordingly. So that has to be done very, very carefully and you have to study it properly before uh, uh, shooting. Otherwise, you will not come with good pictures. You may see the bird, but you may come with a, uh, you know, uh, hazy uh, pictures or uh, blurred pictures or whatever it may come like that. So how do you how do you handle low light is very, uh, very when you go birding? Like when you may have to do early morning or uh, dusk, oh. etc. Yeah, because most of the species, yeah, because it's down and dusk, most of the birds are active. So now with the uh, new cameras coming in, uh, the ISA, we can bump it up up to 50,000, 60,000. We can go take, so that we'll get very good, uh, at, at very, very low light, we'll be able to take good pictures. And uh, what we do is, again, for processing, the Lightroom has got a lot of uh, facilities to reduce the noise and everything in that picture. And facilities are very good pictures. So these things are right, right now there. So uh, most of the pictures come out beautifully well. Because uh, even for a camera person, after shooting, you have to go back, sit uh, with a with Lightroom and do a pr- uh, post-concern of the pictures. Like you have to process it properly so that we bring the best of the pictures. It's not that we are altering the picture, but in a no light, how can we pump up the light in the settings? Everything we try to do that and then we press in the right picture. So that's the way we uh, do it. So as a wildfire light photographer, so three things are important. One is the species. Second is the cameras, equipment settings, everything. Third is your post-processing. So these three things are very critical to be a very, very successful wildlife photography. Right, right, right. So how do you handle like in, in, in low light, we, you said you have to bump up your ISO. And how do you handle the shutter? Because um, you have to keep... See, because I, do, I shoot oh, in aperture, aperture priority. Yeah, I shoot in aperture right. mode. Uh, yeah, so aperture mode. So what I do is I increase the ISO. Okay, so so that I, I just look at the shutter speed. So minimum should be at least 1 by 250 should be my shutter speed. That is uh, in a second, uh, you know, 120 or uh, a second, I, I can shoot that one. So that I get the right picture. Like that, I plan it and then shoot the birds accordingly. Right. So, aperture priority is <laughs> is recommended when you go through. So, then it... it yes, yes. Wildness, yes. Yes. So, some people do manual, but I am very comfortable with aperture pri- priority. So, if you don't do macro phot- uh, photography, like for herping, like taking frogs in the night with a flash and all, people prefer manual. That is a better one. So, it depends on uh, uh, what type of photography you are doing, you can do it accordingly. But I'm more comfortable with aperture priority for wildlife. Correct, correct. Okay. So what's uh, next on uh, Devon and Paul's uh, bucket list? Uh, do you have... Uh... So now, uh, so I just went to Kashmir and came back in January. So after this, uh, I actually plan to uh, go to uh, uh, Sandatpur trek for a meat-long trek. So I I want to do a photograph of Smiling Buddha. That is the mountain bridge. It just called the Smiling Buddha mountain bridge. So I want to capture that. Then uh, I'll do a birding in Darjeeling side. And then after that, uh, next month, I want to go to Cambodia. I'm planning to uh, go to Cambodia, already planned. So I'll be in Cambodia to shoot Angkor Wat. So I want to do that one. And bit of wildlife also in Cambodia. Then in March, I plan for Thailand. Wow. So I'll be spending uh, uh, yeah three weeks I'll be in Thailand. And in uh, April, I'm going to Arunachal Pradesh, So which is a very beautiful place in India. Yeah. So you should definitely visit because there is no tourist, nothing there. You'll be only one person there and you can enjoy nature a lot. It's a very beautiful place. So there's a place called Eagle Nest. So I'm going there to that for uh, two weeks. I'm staying there. And then uh, I'm going to Borneo, Malaysia uh, in June. Wow. And June, I'm going to Indonesia. So like that, I have planned it. Uh, Incidentally, uh, you know, do you remember DJ from, uh, I don't know, or maybe he was after your time in American college. 
DJ and me were great friends and we have a podcast together called okay. Politics Ecology and uh, everything else in between it's about you know the confluence of all these issues he's a political ecologist uh, okay. in the US and uh, okay um, he did his phd work in manas um and uh, we've done a lot of uh, trips together he. and we are also planning a trip to indonesia especially borneo in june uh, yeah yeah borneo is in malaysia wow. this part is in malaysia okay, okay. it's a uh, uh, because mostly to see the orangutans in the wild so that is a place i am planning to do indonesia is yeah. very beautiful country it is it's, it's very vast it has got three time zones and uh, 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 most of places are not explored at all that's where so, we are planning let's see. We'll enjoy it and so before we go any further i have a very special sponsor in fact it's my first ever sponsor so i'm super excited to talk about it it's called magic mind and it's seriously a magic elixir I really don't want to add a sponsor if I don't believe in it, right? So I tried this product and it works like magic. When I'm working, it's usually around the 2 p.m. mark in the afternoon. My energy levels drop and I feel like a zombie. Drinking endless cups of uh, tea was not really cutting it and I couldn't really shake off that fatigue that comes at 2 p.m. every day. So when Magic Mind came along, I wanted to try this little drink and man, it packs a punch. I should say big things come in small packages and this is really it after 3 days of drinking and I feel it gives me a lot of focus and it's definitely the energy drink for my mind why I like it is it's made from natural ingredients it's got matcha it's got ashwagandha wow and so much more you guys are really going to love it so how can you get this you can get it at www.magicmind.com/photocountry and with the discount code rajiv20 you can get up to 56% of your first subscription or 20% of your one time purchase that's rajiv20 for 56% off if you're already a subscriber save on your next subscription payment so you heard it from me magicmind.co/photocountry discount code rajiv20 for up to 56% off your subscription i would probably get a 30 pack because it's got the best value yeah so that's magic mind for you go check it out it's really the energy drink for your brain all right so uh, what what have you planned i mean now that you shifted out from your corporate career and 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 the whole world's your oyster and you know you're free to do what you want your time um how are you planning to, are you planning to monetize all this knowledge that you have in terms of running trips and stuff like that or what is what, what's what is it that you plan yeah i i don't want to be like a tour operator that i don't want to do it because uh, that is something i am not interested say so what i can do is i have i have started a website so these are things uh, maybe i can try to monetize it in 2 to 3 years time that is a plan i have right now So right now I'm focusing on my product, how the blog should look like everything. And once that I set it right, and then things can follow automatically. So I know I know how to market it. So my corporate uh, uh, career, I have done it so well. So at some point of time, I will yeah. do that. So right now I'm getting the product right. Right, right. Good stuff. Good stuff. So uh, uh, closing this uh, podcast, uh, what what is one piece of advice that you will give? Uh, 
young photographers who want to do wildlife or birding in their photography so uh, if it is wildlife definitely i tell people to understand the subject first so not to just take the camera and shoot first of all understand the species whatever species where you can find the species and how close you can go and how to take pictures of the species because once you know the behavior it's very easy to take good pictures so that is the first thing second is understand the camera so because people just take a camera and they just buy a expensive camera without understanding why that camera is required for so because i've seen many people buy it uh, you know two 3 months use a camera and then they want to sell it off they buy for 5 lakhs and it is for sale in the market so that also happens so you have to uh, when you to uh, when you invest for certain things ensure that it's for a long time you want to do it so invest in the right equipment and third is uh, uh, do a good amount of post processing and try to share the knowledge with everyone because uh, a lot of people i have seen they just take a picture and keep it for themselves is that it's only for but unless you don't share it in social media and other ways to to uh, people that knowledge you will not even reach people so that is something i keep on insisting people that unless you don't share it it is yeah, everything is waste okay because you can't say that i do for my passion because when you see because when i saw pictures of various other photographers i got inspired the same thing when people see their photograph photographs many other people can get inspired so you have to share it with everyone that what are the pictures you're taken about species everything so that is the uh, you know a piece of advice i try to give to uh, younger people awesome thanks thanks a lot uh, dev thanks for your time it's wonderful to chat with you again and all the best for your future treks Uh, so that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks everyone for listening to this uh, conversation. Gives me great pleasure to bring this to you. We are almost like 48 episodes old now, uh, um, and looking forward to completing two more and reaching 50 episodes. I would never have done this without all of you listeners and your support. So I hope you continue to give me that support uh, to get. 50 more episodes in the future. So, thank you for listening. Do like, share, and give me feedback about this episode. Please subscribe to this channel uh, so that I could continue giving you such wonderful content. Uh, till the next episode, this is Rajiv signing off. Take care and keep clicking.